0: Alright guys, welcome back to the All or Nothing podcast where today we're going to be pretty much entirely focusing on the end of the January transfer window and probably a little bit of talk about Frank Lampard signing as Everton manager. And before we get into the podcast we both just wanted to say that we acknowledge the Mason Greenwood situation and that we both absolutely condemn his actions and behaviour and if anyone you know or yourself are currently going through a situation like this, um, we're going to leave links in the comments below for a point of contact, whether you be a man or a woman in this situation, to talk to about your situation. So, where should we start today? Should we start with Frank Lampard and then get into the juicy yeah, transfer I f- news?
1: I feel like that's the best place to start because it's the only thing that happens in this like past couple of weeks that isn't transfers. And Roy Hodgson. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I but, forgot yeah, about that to uh, be fair. That's what, that's, yeah, that, 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 that's what it is. I thought he was gone and he's back. He's probably going to get sacked. So that's there's it. there's my analysis on that.
0: <laughs> but um, Frank Lampard obviously was pretty much Bookie's favourite for every job that came up in the past few months. Norwich... Watford, now Everton. Um, Yeah. I I think... I don't necessarily think he's chose the right cause.
1: No, I think that he's maybe, in his head, went to a team that's still big. Like, I feel like he thought he was too big for a team like Crystal Palace now, whereas I thought Crystal Palace was probably going to be the perfect job for him. Now he's went to Everton mid-season, and, well they're in a bit of a state of turmoil, aren't they? He's only ever been at teams where he's had a pre-season to build them up and do stuff with them. Now he's coming into the, what is a relegation dogfight, and he's just expecting he's going to just figure that out? Yeah, I think it's a,
0: bit, it's a bit of a weird one where, like you said, he's clearly gone to a team that still has like the big association, like Everton haven't missed... Is it like five seasons in top flight in their whole history?
1: Something like like that. that, yeah. Five seasons in total, yeah. So,
0: obviously, massive history in top flight English football. But he's never been in a situation like this. And I think, really, surely going to a club like Norwich or Watford, where the expectation isn't necessarily to stay up every season, where... I know Watford, obviously, very trigger-happy with the manager. So, probably Norwich in that situation would have been a much better call because they're going to stick with the manager if you get relegated because that's almost the expectation. Anything better than 20th yeah. is, is good for them. But then, also, you if, you're, if you look in the Championship, you also have West Brom at the minute, who are, I think are close to sacking their manager. And they pretty much like very near the promotion spots.
1: Yeah, um, to be fair, I'd never considered play, the idea of that.
0: Yeah. And they play very attacking football
1: like he wants to play. I never considered the idea that West Brom could have been an option because even if he didn't get promotion this season, he would have almost definitely gotten it next season with that team and with the financial backing that West Brom were willing to give. Yeah. I I, I, yeah. I don't know if he's got that that grit or that experience um, to mean, take he did on this challenge.
0: He did both the promotion with Derby, so
1: that's true. He had something like a forty-two percent win rate with them. Um, he had to take an opportunity soon because if he kept putting off all these jobs, that because supposedly Crystal Palace went for him in the summer and he chose against it, which is looking like a silly move now because Crystal Palace are flying. Obviously, granted, yeah. here is part of that, but that could have been him. So I feel like any longer out of the job and then he would have just ended up like Roy Keane in a bit of a sense where he was a manager wanted to be a manager got out of the rhythm of being one and never really got back into it so I understand why he's probably went Everton was a massive team would be a massive team for him when he was a kid because he would have been still winning leagues and cups and stuff but it doesn't make sense to me No, I
0: think it's a bit like, if you scrape staying in the Premier League, which I don't know if they will at this point, like, you have the best squad out of the teams down there, but he's never been in this situation before, but he doesn't know what it takes to get the players motivated out of that situation. Like,
1: See, yeah, that's another thing. like, He's brought in, like, I, yeah. I, I love I, I love him, right?
0: I think two very good signings.
1: Bring it in. I think Van der Beek and Delhi are two really good footballers, but we've seen for the past couple of seasons that three, four managers just haven't been able to ignite that flame in Delhi again. He's going to yeah. a club that has a severe problem with desire and like any sort of like passion to try and win games. It's, so then, Frank's brought him in. Thinking that he can be a solution creatively, which is something Everton do lack, but you're bringing in a player who is just encapsulates the problems of that team. I don't know if like that was the right move. Donny van de Week, yeah, great because we all know he's going to be great fun as a player. He was great at Ajax and Man United have just not utilized him for one reason or another. The daily one just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. He's lost Luka Dean, which was obviously wasn't necessarily his fault, but he's been stripped of his good players. And ah, I don't know. Deli Alley is just such a weird one. Everyone are paying up to 40 million for him. That's. that's I
0: know. It's cra- that's crazy. It's crazy money to be paying for him. But I think that's the thing. It's I mean, Frank Lampard could have come in and even said, I need a left back as well. There, there
1: is Michelangelo or Michael where however you say yeah. his name. But, like, he's, he's young. Not-
0: <laughs> yeah, he's not the level of Lucadinho, is he?
1: No in fairness I feel like on the fan side of things there is a reason to be excited because it is a big name that's yeah n- and definitely. when Rafa came in it was doomed from the get go because they never wanted Rafa I don't think anybody wanted to see Rafa there um, so wh- whoever was going to come in after him was going to get a little bit of slack and was going to get a little bit of favour towards them despite whatever results they might get in the next couple of months but I, I I don't bet on him being there very long. Like I feel like he will be a pundit come December time. <laughs> like I don't I don't expect him to last as a manager very long.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think it's um, like we saw Gerard do that interview where he said a lot of players think just because you've done the time in the game and you've been good in the game, you can just sort of yeah. come in and and you know he got the Derby job through. It, that was through Red Redknapp as well, wasn't it, that you got that? I believe so. Um, and, you know, whereas you see Gerard, he started his career out doing the unders at Liverpool and then moves up to you boys up at Rangers and then gets yeah. and moved down to Aston Villa and has absolutely smashed all of them. Whereas we've seen Frank Lampard, who Derby bottled promotion with them, okay, did good with the transfer ban and losing Eden Hazard. Uh, but then was nowhere near the mark the next season with Chelsea. Obviously, kept them in the Champions League, and they went on to win it. But all oh, he he got them to the round of sixteen. That's what he did for that.
1: The um, biggest and
0: with that squad, like you kind of expect, you, like with those players, you expect minimum round of sixteen in the Champions League.
1: Yeah, you would do. I think that the the biggest miss. Thing for him was not going to Celtic when the Celtic job came up. Um, he has went to Everton what, this summer. Yeah, when, when before okay. Ange got, uh, hired, there was talks of maybe him or Eddie Howe coming in. And I remember
0: the Howe speculation. I, I
1: remember thinking that one. I would like to see the battle. I'd like to see the battle of Gerard v Lampard. I thought that would have been great fun, but also. There's less risk involved. It's almost like a guaranteed trophy by going to Rangers or Celtic. It would have afforded him the opportunity to have a rebuild with Celtic. So there would have been a little bit, little tiny little bit of slack. Um, bit where, of a project as well, so you can show exactly your
0: sort of desire how you want your philosophy behind recruitment.
1: And ultimately, if he did end up leaving Celtic, it wouldn't be the end of his career if it hadn't went well. Whereas I feel like if he fails with Everton, he's going to have to take a proper step down as a manager, whether that's to a lower championship club or something like that, because no one's going to want to hire him in the Premier League.
0: He'll have to go down to like a middle-of-the-table championship club and get them to a title fight for that.
1: that. That's effectively what he'd have to do, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I, I think really for... Lampard, it's a lose lose. I I don't get too. I, also, with the Celtic job, quick wasn't Roy Keane even linked to that?
1: Roy Keane was linked to that, um, which uh, it's a bit weird because he hasn't been a manager for a very long time. He's mentioned that he maybe would have wanted to be again, and then the Celtic were like, "Oh, should should we maybe get him?" It would have been. I probably would have went bad. I would like to see it go bad. But I quite like Roy Keane, so
0: I I actually quite like Roy Keane as a pundit. I th- I think when you see him as a pundit, you can understand why he doesn't work out as a manager, because he yeah. he's just going to tell everyone as it is, and if like you can just tell that from what people have said before, if you aren't even able to perform to the level he performed at when he was in his playing career, he does, and he's demanding you to get to that level. Like he's demanding that like excellence, whereas if you're playing like if you're playing for a club that's, like, middle of the table or something, you're not going to be, like, you're like, I can't do what fucking David Becker and Paul Scholes, rankings, what those guys did.
1: Yeah. uh Roachim wasn't a bad manager, either. He just took that time off, and he never got back on the horse, which is weird. It's kind of like Alan Shearer said that he was prepared to be Newcastle manager. He was told he would be, and then he just wasn't anymore. Like, yeah. he, they never took him on. It's it hard was I think so. it was Pardew that took over instead, which is interesting, interesting. In, its, in, in, its own, in its own way. But he he had that time out and then he just never got back on it. And I think that's what's happened with Roy Keane. And I, thought, I genuinely think that if Lampard gets sacked from Everton, we will not see him manage again. And if we do, it will be not in the Premier League.
0: I think what John Terry's doing is quite sensible. Like he's... He clearly has the desire to go and be a manager.
1: Yeah, he does.
0: But he is taking his sweet-ass time over, getting to the point where he wants to do it.
1: He's really trying to learn his craft, isn't he? He's really trying trying to figure out who he wants to be. I think he is now, which I think signifies that we could see him move for a job next season. um, If one does come up, because he was obviously (laughs) uh, Aston Villa's assistant manager, assistant coach. He Left, he's been like going around Europe. He went around America a lot, didn't he? Yeah, he well, went around America as American well. Coaches. He's trying to learn who he is as a coach, and I think that's really interesting. And I think that we are getting to the point where we're probably going to look at John Terry as the successful one from out of the two. Yeah, post Chelsea, John Terry will be the more successful one, I believe.
0: Which I think you know could actually. You could see some sense in that. Hmm.
1: I do think it's probably it's most likely. I just don't think that Lampard's gonna thrive. I think that he missed a trick by not going to Celtic. To be honest.
0: Just quickly on manager talk, uh, Wayne Rooney is smashing it at Derby. He is being I just. I just thought unreal. about it, and the fact he turned his boyhood club down to stay with Derby, even though it might be for another five. Is it five days at this point?
1: Something like that, it's yeah. The
0: first Feb, I think their deadline is like the sixth.
1: Yeah, so I, I think that's actually sh- the very. Sh- yeah, it shows the character of him as a manager. He's what have you say about him personal, personal wise, and how he is, um, in his own life as a manager. He he's on un- one. He, he's unreal. He <laughs> he is managing a team that's almost unmanageable. And I think he has seven or eight debutants this season. Yeah, he, he has the most like in the that. championship, I know, that. I'm pretty sure it's the most in the English league uh, yeah. system, and th- they're pretty much destined to go down, they're probably destined to cease to exist, and he not, will not leave, he will stand yeah, by them okay. to the very end, which is mad for a team that five years ago he probably didn't give a fuck about, at all.
0: Nope, but I, I think it's very commendable, like
1: and it, yeah, yeah I think that he'll, get the, he'll get the Everton opportunity again the, the nature yeah, of Everton the Everton dictates thing. he'll get it again
0: it, the Everton opportunity will come around again but if he takes the opportunity and it fu- he fucks it he probably wouldn't get it again
1: exactly so I think that's why he's went no I'll, I'll, I'll stick and I'll be the hero of this story at Derby and probably two years from now one year from now when you guys inevitably sack whoever you have you, you'll come knocking for me and I'll say yes
0: yeah, when you sack Frank Lampard next December.
1: Exactly. It's not like a Chelsea situation where someone could come in and create a dynasty and be there for three, four, five years and you never you, you have to wait forever to get your opportunity. You're definitely gonna get that opportunity within the next two years as Everett Manager.
0: Yeah, definitely. Shall we move on to some transfer talk?
1: Yes, the most exciting part of January. Such a terrible so, month.
0: I know, but we get so, transfers. Should we? We'll go through Man City first because I, I think we are, you all have a lot to say about Brentford. I know. Yeah. So, uh, for me, brilliant business. I think our net spend for the two windows of this season is like eleven million.
1: That yeah, which, I did is, see that, which is brilliant. But
0: you know, we're we're a dirty oil club ruining the sport
1: spending so much money spending extortionate
0: amounts of money when yet we're going out and we specifically are going out to scout young players to find and be the future of our club rather than buying 25 lots of 25 26 jobs that we know are certain factors now so yeah how dare you
1: how dare you how dare you
0: scouting and wanting to develop to develop players it's absolutely criminal.
1: The I yeah. I kind of forgot that it feels like January has been going on forever. The fact that Ferran Torres has also left. It, yeah,
0: I mean he left before the Premier League transfer window officially opened.
1: Ah, that's probably why I didn't really think about yeah, it. Much. He left
0: like late December. That's in fair. The La Liga winter break.
1: Ah, ah, that makes a lot more sense because I was wondering that because it does feel weeks and weeks since Ferran Torres moved.
0: Um, but yeah uh 21 year old julian alvarez who is literally like one of the best south american young players right now
1: oh he looks but, so exciting you you sent a highlight reel i know it's insane oh
0: for 14 million quid like I uh, looking at him like the way he's playing obviously it's a highlight reel on that but i would have expected like 30 million and i would say that's reasonable
1: it's just the way that those brazilian teams work isn't it like you are sorry not brazilian teams uh, south american teams you just get steal their children basically you steal their wonder kids and man city have ruined a wonder kid on uh football manager now because he will no longer be a wonder kid and man city will sell him for 100 million and you won't be able to buy him for cheapest chips anymore so thanks man city for ruining my football manager save
0: but yeah, that, that's what I really have to say on it. Look, I've not obviously not seen much of him play other than highlight reels. Um, obviously, it would have been nice to maybe have him for the Champions League because I think we, you kind of need a striker for that.
1: You presume so, but, but you know, he, we'll he's still young and they wanted to keep him. And to be fair, he, no matter what, he's going to perform in the future for you, like no doubt. So yeah. The, the loan back just, eh, it makes sense. C- keep a good relationship. With them. You never know when another wonder kid might come through. And they're well, like... that's
0: it. I think we started scouting him about... We started a um, young superstar scout team <laughs> or something like that about <laughs> this time last Very year.
1: Man city. Very man Very
0: man yep. um And yeah, we so I think we still started scouting him last year. And I'm assuming he was sort of on the list for if we didn't get Vlahovic as a backup for Haaland. It, that, would, that would make that sense. One. That actually makes a lot of sense. That's what my assumption is. That obviously we wanted Vlahovic really. That is I think. I uh, assume. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty sure he did. Obviously, it went to UVA for more than what Haaland's release clause is. So it actually, kind of might have been a blessing in disguise. Yeah, um,
1: I mean, I I was kind of I. UV I feel like, came out of nowhere <laughs> for that whole transfer saga. It was Arsenal, Tottenham, and everyone's like, Well, he wasn't going to go to
0: Inter. They've just signed Edin Dzeko. Yeah. Like, he seemed very not like I'm going to Arsenal. Yeah, like, his agents they, did they, not they want to go to Arsenal. being linked with him, and he kept being like, I want to play Champions League football. <laughs> but then I Juventus
1: are fifth in Serie A at the minute, so it's like... I think he's maybe supposed to be that level that closes yeah. that gap talking about Arsenal Aubameyang has left oh, on mate, free. That, was,
0: that was the wildest that was the wildest four hours of my life
1: I can't believe that he is signed for Barcelona and was already in training today I know what what the what the fuck like he was in Barcelona and then the deal broke down and then suddenly I look and the deal's done and I was like what?
0: yeah because we, we all our, our group chat was all sort of like chatting last night we were mm-hmm. watching deadline day weren't we yeah and then it was like, what the fuck? I, I can't <laughs> like, believe that has a we Barcelona like, oh, player. It's off. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, it's on.
1: <laughs> what a massive risk from Arsenal! It shows you how how bad he must have been, like in that squad. That they just wanted him gone I like just that. I don't get it because the fans still loved him.
0: I, it's just Arteta didn't.
1: No, because he did have his discipline issues and he wasn't. As soon as he signed that contract, he did kind of drive off a steep cliff and hasn't really performed for um, them.
0: Sorry, have you looked how many players are out on loan or whatever for Arsenal? Have left. I,
1: I can not tell you how many off top, but I know it's a, a
0: shit time. Right, so first player, first squad bonds or like ones that could feasibly probably get into the main team. It's about 5, and then on top of that, 6, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. But, you know, they couldn't field a squad against you <laughs> for the North London derby.
1: Oh, and they also put what Pablo Mari uh, out on loan a day after the game got postponed. Funny that, Yeah. funny. Not better at all that we could oh, so probably six beat them. that
0: we're talk- See, I don't really know the...
1: Oh, Pablo Mari's on like 27. He's like, hey, it's actually mad. Forgot I even I'll played just- for him. There you go. I think that uh, I, th- I think that we should probably but talk then about they
0: brought no one in. But yeah,
1: yeah, yeah no, one, they've that they haven't brought anyone in, so they're left with is no strikers. It? I know. I think that right. we should probably talk about Brentford and Ericsson, because I feel Brentford. like that's okay the best news. She I'm so is. sad that he's yeah, I, like I'm so sad it's yeah. not for Spurs. I wish he was playing for Spurs, um, but too big a risk for us, I guess. But Brentford seems like the perfect team to get the fans behind him to just be him yep. I'm just so happy that he's getting to play football again man
0: definitely I think it's something everyone wanted to see it but was one of the
1: scariest moments in the summer to see that
0: uh, it was ho- obviously obviously th- that was the only game of the Euros like obviously you yeah, have match days on that was the only match in a time slot that I didn't watch like, <laughs> I was out doing something and we were in the car and one of the people in the car was like oh my mum's just text he's his family, of Spurs fans, are like, Eriksson has just fallen on the floor, they think he's had a heart attack. It
1: and was such cool. like a sobering moment, because, you realise that, oh, these guys are human, and that I we've mean, just we, watched someone, maybe yeah. die, on the I pitch. Mean, we
0: took 10 minutes to drive back, and he was still on the pitch.
1: And I think it was fair to assume, that most people I, thought he was dead. I, most I, yeah,
0: I think, like, when we got back, and we were just watching it, we were like, like, why are they still showing?
1: It it was so, so it was like, yeah, it was,
0: it was crazy,
1: and now he's back, and I hope I re—I said this in the TikTok just released, but I hope that he can perform as well. I hope that I think
0: he's what Brentford need.
1: Yeah, I I hope this this cardiac arrest doesn't define his career, as in I'm that's the way it, it ended, because it, it could happen where he could try and play for the next two months and then it just doesn't work out, and that's not I mean, what we that, want to see.
0: That's the thing. I'm I'm going to. Man City-Brentford, which is their next Premier League match, so might see his return to Premier League, even if it's like a 10-minute cameo at the end.
1: Oh, I'm so jealous which of him. Which I it. think obviously would get a standing ovation. He, he definitely will. It's one of those weird times that all football fans unite and are just so happy to see somebody playing football. Definitely,
0: and I think, uh, when's your next match against them? Do you know when that is? I, I have no
1: it. idea. It'll, it'll be... Uh, it'll be weird it'll be a bit bittersweet if he's back yeah. in the Premier League but, and it's not with us but it'll be also nice won't it
0: yeah actually what he offers to the team is so so good like he gives them that creative that creative spark at the top of the midfield
1: that they've been missing well Spurs never replaced that when we got rid of him it, we never actually our creat- creativity was just gone and we tried to obviously recreate that with with um, also Lo- and Indomelli, and that didn't work. So we had a huge Ericsson-sized hole. Even when he was un- quote-unquote underperforming for us, he was still one of the best players on the pitch. So I am fully confident that he he can be like a level up for Brentford, I think, because he's a massive player. He's won, he's, he's won stuff. He won with Ajax. He's won with Inter. He obviously did not win with Spurs, but he did go to a Champions League final with us. He, yeah. he can be like that little bit of that leadership that Brentford could do with that winning also, mentality
0: I think I th- I don't I'm not sure on this but I'm pretty certain that most of Brentford's goals have come from set pieces so
1: <laughs> <laughs> who better than the king of set pieces really
0: yeah James will Prouse really would be better for that but you know we move. <laughs>
1: Ericsson offers the other stuff too <laughs> yeah no I know I f- I just, uh, moving on from that, I think that I really need to talk about the fact that Newcastle have been the smartest team, other than Aston Villa, who have gotten the big names. Newcastle have made some smart, smart moves. They, I think they. have
0: So you've just put a TikTok out about your top five transfers, and I'm doing one like not of any particular amount. It's probably going to be like seven or eight my favourite transfers, and I've got two in there from
1: Newcastle. They've just, just smashed it. They like, like i never expected to say this, but Newcastle have assembled a team appropriately with the funds they have. Like they've brought they've in not been stupid either. Yeah, like they've brought in the big name of Bruno Gamirez, which is like, like he is a he is a squad elevating player, and then they've brought in the perfect players to surround up where you're just solidifying the team. Like Kieran Trippier and Chris Wood for me, this this window would have been enough for me to go that's good for Newcastle, we'll do well with that but then they've brought in Bruno, they've brought in Matt Target they've brought in Dan Byrne it, they've assembled like a a hot shit team like, I genuinely think that Newcastle just start jumping up from this point, well I hope they do based on who they've signed because I mean, you look at that and you think you've massively
0: solidified your backline which was one of their biggest issues
1: yep, definitely
0: You've got another a better creative spark in midfield than Joel Linton because he, while he was good in that box to box role, he wasn't super comfortable with it. Yep. You've got someone who can carry the ball progressively, pass between the lines brilliantly in Gamara's. And then you've got obviously, like I said, you've got Trippier who's shored up that back line massively, but can, along with Gamara's, be so creative and get balls into Trippier. And then when you think you've also got some Maxman on the left, who, so you can have Trippier as a, like a wing back almost. And then St Maximin coming in and feeding the ball in closer with a shorter pass in the box. Trippier bringing in the wide balls for Chris Wood, like. And that's think, the thing that
1: it's, they're they going to score. Now. Yeah, they're going to, they're going to score and they're going to stay up. Chris Wood was perfect to bring in because Callum Wilson is a guaranteed goal scorer. We know that he is, one of Newcastle's best players but bringing Chris Wooden as well to do that it just feels like it's going to be harder for them to fail so the, all eyes are on Eddie Howe now you've got he's got to do he's got to do a job doesn't he like he, he's got yeah. to do the job now and before it yeah. would have been like oh if he goes down this season like it's not his fault he started with Steve Bruce's shit team but now he's assembled eighty like halfway through the season, he's now got a good team. Just it, saying. so getting capable. them five
0: for less than ninety million.
1: Brilliant. Brilliant like, business.
0: So, like why like Arsenal could have done with Gilmares. How have uh, Arsenal I, not gone out and said, Do you want oh yeah, here's forty million?
1: Arsenal could have done with any of those players. Like, I'm not even going to lie to you. They could have even done with Chris Wood, considering they don't have, uh, like, a, a guaranteed recognised striker at the moment. Yeah. Matt.
0: And obvi- obviously, the money factor isn't... it. Like, you can't ignore that the money factor is a thing with Newcastle now. But yeah. also, I think once you get someone that's just won La Liga, is an England international come... That just validates your whole project like people are gonna look at that and be like oh no it's not just some guy that's not an international player anymore he's playing for a mid-table side he's gone there for the big money move at the end of his career that is some. this is someone who is obviously not at their peak years anymore but has just won like probably one of the hardest leagues to win yeah uh, not being at the top two clubs in that country, and like he's come and just shown that yeah we're gonna do this we're gonna make this a project and we're gonna make it work.
1: Yeah, the big the big thing is the fact that he was a starter of the Euros as well. He's he's chosen to go. Uh, like I read in an interview, he chose to go hoping that he would be the player that opened that door, that would open the is door that for others. One on the Athletic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That one, that yeah. Was brilliant read. Absolutely brilliant interview, and it really showed a lot about his character. I think that he is—he's probably going to be captain next year.
0: I, I think he'll be captain next year. It makes sense. Like he's someone that actually does clearly want to be there.
1: He possesses that about him that he, I feel like him coming in open that door for those other players, and there's you can sense the respect already given to him from fans, from the players, from the coach, which is exactly, Newcastle needed somebody that would basically grab them by the scuff in the neck and go, come on, we're doing this we're going to win Trippier can be that for them
0: Yeah, and I think also you have someone that has been a, a fan of the club since they are a child coming in and Dan Burn.
1: Yeah, that's true, to be fair
0: And I think Mac Target is very smart business especially seeing the Luca Dean move
1: you're bringing them that target dan Byrne, came to like you said just to shows sh- 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 up that back line dan Byrne is a good defender he will do exactly what you need to do as part of brighton who didn't score loads but they also didn't concede loads because they had a strong back line dan Byrne was integral in that I think it's kind of mad that they were able to get him away from brighton Brighton, uh brighton but he's he's gonna be a key key player now which I didn't ever think I'd say Dan Burn would be, but I think he's going to be an absolute key to keeping yeah the the goals out. Newcastle are going to stay up. I fully really believe it now, and I just I'm trying to wrap my head around it as I'm talking. But
0: yeah, I don't know who's going down out of Everton and Newcastle and Norwich, because I I think it is actually just a toss of the coin at this point with them three. It has to be.
1: I I think everyone knows Burnley, Watford, they're going down. Like they are, but yeah. th- I really don't know. Like, because my my head tells me Everton can't go down because it's Everton, but oh, I also I think, think Everton that, could mate. go down. I I think it will be Everton. That's the bold one. That the the fact that we're not seeing Norwich really says a lot about Everton at the moment. Yeah, you know. So should we talk about Everton I kind of mentioned already to be fair about Everton the fact that Delhi Alley one's a bit weird to me yeah. Donny van der good but Nathan Patterson we, we spoke with Nathan Patterson when it happened and it yeah. was he, I think he's good depends what Frank Lampard thinks about him Michaelenko we mentioned earlier as well he's, he's quite young I, g- smart business with the spiral they're in
0: I think at least they're going for younger players now <laughs> <laughs> you gotta
1: look on true. the right side true but they, they they have this thing about them where it's like they always went for kind of the subpar players but would overpay for them yeah I don't get it which is exactly what's going on with Deli Alley right now they are but, going to overpay for an underperforming player and I'm not convinced that Frank Lampard's gonna make him a performing player if that makes sense
0: you never know. I think there's a bit of a blessing in having someone like Frank Lampard as your manager, in that you know Deli Alley's going to watch Frank Lampard as a kid and been like, "Wow."
1: My only thing so, with that is the fact that we are talking about night, we're talking about Deli Alley who yeah, he's a, he's a Spurs fruit. And fruit. They gave him his his rise to the top and made him the player that he was a couple of years ago. He hates Chelsea. <laughs> there will be a little element in him where he's like, that is Frank Lampard. Wow. I kind of I kinda hate your club. And I Man don't... City legend. Yeah.
0: Frank Lampard.
1: So, I, I don't know. I, I, I hold my breath and I want him to do well because I was really, really sad to see him go. Um, But he had to. He obviously had to go. But... That's, the,
0: that's the thing. I've seen so many Spurs fans saying they're sad to see him go, but he's not done anything.
1: For three years. It's because of what he was. He gave us some of our like our highs. Like he's he's a big game player. He's he's had multiple goals against Man City, multiple goals against Arsenal, against Chelsea, against United. He he always performed in those games and he gave us some really special moments and he also provided the most important assist in our history, which was Lucas Mora through to score the winner at Ajax so he's given us these moments and he was our superstar our kid superstar that we brought in as a, he, we brought him from MK Dons and he shot to the top and everyone was like wow Spurs, Spurs have like a real star on their hand no no I no,
0: don't no. but uh, it,
1: it, it's, it's, it's it's I think I just feel
0: like after three years of underperformance like surely it's just like oh it's time to go like
1: yeah no I think everyone everyone accepts it it was time for him to leave It's just sad that he had to. I was was really thinking this the other day with all of our signings that have had to go out on loan or get sold or whatever. And it's getting real sad that pretty much everyone that's leaving Spurs at the moment, it's not in a positive way. Eric Lamella is probably the only person that left and has gone on in a happy way. He left Spurs loving Spurs. Dele's left going, oh, I need to be happy playing football again. Like, I've not been performing here, basically. Lo Celso's shite and has a terrible attitude, apparently. And Dombele was just never up to it in the Premier League. I, What's I just with
0: Brian Gill? Like,
1: I, what, the confusing thing with Brian Gill is... I remember the,
0: you signing him and everyone was like, oh my god, this is amazing. And I've never seen the guy play.
1: See, this is the issue. I think Nuno brought him in didn't really play him which is a bit confusing because he was brought in for like 21 million plus Eric Lamella is what we paid. He is definitely talented. He was he was really good in La Liga. He's proven himself in La Liga in my opinion. But now we've loaned him back out to uh, Villarreal I think or something like that um, Valencia. Oh, Valencia, sorry. Celso
0: yes, has gone to Villarreal. So
1: it is. Yeah, and why are we loaning him back to a league that we know we can perform in? There's a reason we bought him from that league. Loan him to a championship club, or loan him to literally any other league on the planet that's not La Liga. So if if you want him to develop and be better, give him different experiences. Clearly Conte doesn't think he's cut out for it. But six months in, we're already giving up on him. It's just very worrying, isn't it? it?
0: yeah, I, 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 that was the one that I was really confused about. Like obviously the end thing happened before the international break. So he sort of expects him to either be sold or loaned out. Um but then yeah, the LaSalle so like he's never performed for you as a one goal in- <laughs> Against,
1: just, against can, Man
0: City. Against us. Um uh, oh. Um Yeah. I think obviously you saw that coming, but yeah, I just remember seeing you guys sign him, and so many Tottenham fans being like absolutely gassed for, it and nothing's happened. I was gassed but for as well, and then no, we never played him. Get ear adverts on Telly, and I'm like, did you really sign him just to be in those?
1: That's what it feels like, doesn't it? It feels like he was bought entirely to be used as an actor in an adverts because he's he's never anywhere. He would get played in the Europa Conference League, but even then. I was, he's was sometimes only a sub. i would never understood the from Juventus, though. so I So, here's the interesting Felix thing. Is right? the... He, he is the big one. I was reading a lot about him today because I wanted to understand what kind of player we brought in. I think he's exactly what we need. He was unreal for Parma. Didn't quite work out at Juventus, but that's mainly because he was brought in by Sarri, expecting to play as number 10. It's the reason he didn't go to Antonio Conte's Inter Milan, because he didn't see a place... Where he fit into that system, um, he went to Juventus to play as number ten under Sari. Sari got sacked. Then, obviously, there was there was the whole management change, and he never really found. with Pirlo, did he? Yeah, he never found that that role that he could play best for Pirlo. And obviously, another manager sacking, and they were just like, "He's he's not performing for us." I don't think they ever thought he's not good enough. I think they just thought he won't work here, which is why Contes went, well, I wanted him before, let's get him now. Paratisi is the guy that signed him um, for for Juventus from Atalanta. So I'm confident because he's versatile and he can play on the right, he can play as a creative midfielder or a creative attacking midfielder. I'm just worried because I just don't trust our signings at the moment. Uh, like I don't know much about Bentker. I think that's how you say his name. No, I don't know anything. About but him. I know that he does play awfully similar to Oliver Skip and hoybier which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Why are we bringing in another player who's a bit? Apparently, he's a bit that's hesitant. He doesn't like to play forward passes a whole lot, which is almost what we need. We need a creative midfielder. Like I said, we have that Eriksen size, that Eric's size hole, don't we? And we've just brought in a midfielder. Who yeah. won't do that? I mean, Hoiberg will do the occasional ping forward. Don't get me wrong, Oliver Skip has got some beautiful long passes on him.
0: Winx does you some decent passes.
1: None of them are attacking minded, though, which is exactly what we need. We need someone who's able to play those balls in force on for more of four. But Kane, um, and we don't have it still. And we also didn't get Adam Atrauri, the right wing back. Yeah, um, because
0: you were arguing over a million quid for...
1: for I, think, I think I that that was more... The board didn't see the worth in him, so they didn't want him, which I, only, I think it was self-sabotage, to be honest with you. I think that was almost deliberate, which it doesn't make it right. It's embarrassing. But I think that they've self-sabotaged that so they didn't need to sign him, even though Paratisi and Conte obviously wanted him, which yeah. is embarrassing. We still have a glaring... Issue at left centre back. We we need a and we need a left left-footed centre back because Davies an F- Dyer F- and F- yeah Davies Dyer <laughs> and Sanchez just aren't suited to. They're not going to be the back line. Despite them playing well, they're not the back line that's going to win a league or anything like that. No. But it does give me the confidence that we have bought some someone. We we at least got two people in. And that maybe I mean, in the summer. I mean,
0: show there's plans to maybe move Hoybier or Skip on. I, I, ugh, I hope not. Maybe if maybe if this guy is actually more willing to pass forward, though. Like, even if it's Hoybier. Because, obviously, Skip's a homegrown talent, so it might be more worth you keeping him.
1: I hope that we don't have to move either of them on because I really like them no. both. And I think they're two of our better, more passionate players. If really, it, it, it's going to be whatever happens these next these next four months we're gonna see Bentker what kind of player he is. Will he cut it in the Premier League? Probably not because nobody's Spurs sign does at the moment. We we haven't had a transfer work out in a long time it feels. I can't I can't remember the last time a transfer did work out for us. Um, we've we've lost people more than we've gained. Yeah. Lasselso in Jack Clark, Ryan Sesson, and Young all, yeah, none all, of them. None of them. Ryan Sesson Young has been playing more, which was obviously the issue. He got brought in then loaned out and injured and never really got a chance to run at it. I mean, I guess maybe Steven Berloin at the moment is starting to Yeah. Have a little bit of worth, but even then, that's it's taken how long for that to happen? And yeah, uh, yeah. will this will yeah. this form be sustained? Probably not. I don't, yeah, I don't
0: get. I, I don't really know what your club's transfer strategy is. Like, especially as you've had three managers that are all kind of fairly similar. Back to back.
1: It, it doesn't make sense. Like, the people we sign just are. Bad, and we never get who we want either because we're not willing to. Pay the extra five million or whatever. Like, I think with the Diaz thing a lot. Right, obviously Liverpool wanted Diaz. They were always going to get him, even when Spurs went for it. But what was the thing.
0: They wanted wanted him before, and your bid just accelerated them to buy him now.
1: Yeah, so what I wonder, right, is obviously this deal happened later on in the transfer window. Had Spurs went in early, and had went in with the proper evaluation, could they have snagged that away from Liverpool? Could it have happened? I don't
0: don't think you... I think... Even if you go in early Liverpool, then go in early and realistically the pull of Liverpool is over Spurs. Like they've won a Champions League in the last three years.
1: No, that that was one hundred true. I just don't know if if Levy stopped being so tight and very specific about the way that he went for people, could we could have Ruben Diaz if uh, he actually is- if he actually paid the money that was supposed to be paid, like If you valued players appropriately, we could have a world class squad. I mean, there's so many missed opportunities. Harry
0: Kane got 120 million for him, but I still don't. You have to say he's not worth 200 million quid. Like,
1: Uh, people keep slating him, and that he was
0: the thing. The thing I don't get. No, I see people praise Daniel Levy for how much of a smart. Businessman he is in football, and I, I'm like, I don't, I don't see
1: it. Everybody who's a Spurs fan doesn't praise Levy. Everybody else seems to think Levy's a, is a true, true businessman. Us. He's smart, yeah. He's not. He's not our soul who's not willing to spend money or better the club. He just thinks that Tottenham's a business. And I hope that him losing 160,000 pounds plus a game because we can't fill our expensive ass stadium gives him the wake up call that, yeah, no, fa- fans. You need the fans. You can't just uh, pretend they don't exist and build some hotels. You bald wankster.
0: <laughs> Lewis Diaz, though.
1: What a signing. signing! What a signing! He is the Mane replacement, isn't he? He is. Yeah,
0: it's cl- it's clear that Mane's not getting a new contract, isn't it? The,
1: they're going to try and offload them. You'd assume. Uh, when does his contract expire? Do you know? Next summer. Next summer. So
0: it's either going to be this summer or next January they'll offload Mane.
1: Yeah.
0: Because I, I, I don't see heater? him signing
1: a new contract. I don't. Mm, he's not expressed any desire that I I know of to play, and like for any specific team. So I don't He'll know. He'll go to
0: Barcelona or something, won't he?
1: Can you imagine Mane in a Barcelona kit? It doesn't make yeah. sense. That doesn't like I can't I can't think of it. I think of him as a Liverpool player, which
0: I could see him going to. I don't know, maybe like Bayern or Dortmund.
1: I really don't know what's next for Mane because he's he's not bad, obviously. He's still an outstanding player, but he's, he's on a decline, a, isn't
0: he? Yeah, he's having a bit of a rough patch. Same with Firmino, who's slowly being phased out for Jota.
1: Yeah, they are definitely the rebuilding.
0: Is, it's, the, it's clear the plan is re-sign Salah, Jota's through the middle, Luis Diaz on the left.
1: Yes. It's like this weird, like, small rebuild that they've started. Really late on, though. What I'm interested to see is how Manny reacts to this. Will we see a revitalized Sadio Manny? I think so. I I think so as well. Him having a half decent performance at AFCOM will maybe give him that confidence he needs to come back and, like, really go, yeah, Diaz, I appreciate you coming in, but this is my spot and make him fight for it.
0: Yeah, and I think forty nine million quid for the number one player in the Portuguese league and the best Colombian player is pretty decent.
1: I'd say it's a bargain. Fourteen oh, goals yeah. and four assists in eighteen games in Portugal. Yeah. I think it is something like that. Something like, that like absolutely ludicrous, and they've got him for forty nine million. I'm excited to see him in the Premier League. I'm just not excited for it to be for Liverpool. Because the, now my whole mindset of Liverpool can become the next Arsenal where they don't reinvest properly and they slowly decline for a wee bit probably won't happen now. I have a fear yeah. that, uh, that I, they're probably going to fix that. I don't know what fix they're going to do at the midfield, though. That's where, uh, that's where the biggest issues lie. Replacing Mane or finding Mane's replacement now was only spurred on, like you said, because Spurs went in for Diaz. I don't think Liverpool would have necessarily got on this window had there not no, been they interest. they said
0: they wanted to get him in the summer
1: Oh okay yeah so then that makes so Spurs really pushed them into that so then they weren't but then you would have thought well surely you would have signed a midfielder or something in January instead but I never saw them linked with literally anybody other than Diaz. Uh, Carvalho Oh yeah see I was editing the whole of that saga last night so I didn't see none of that and then I woke up in the morning to all your messages about it, and I was like, "Oh, what's happened?" But Fulham
0: managed to get Nico Williams.
1: That's so cheeky. That's so cheeky. It's so late though. Like there wasn't it, like 7 p.m. They decided um,
0: to do his medical.
1: Yeah, which if you're trying to sign a player that late on, there's like no chance. And I saw that West Ham had a similar situation where they basically tried to sign a bunch of people in the last, like, five hours of the transfer window. Did you see
0: which, West Ham tried to fucking sign Rafinha and Calvin Phillips?
1: I have in a the feeling... the last two days. I have a feeling that they did that in a way to be like, look, we tries. Yeah. That's what yeah. I got from that.
0: It is, but also, I think they're going in... They actually probably actively want Calvin Phillips more than they want Rafinha because I was yeah. thinking Declan Rice is making noises that he wants to leave in, in the summer
1: almost definitely
0: and really like you are then you'll pretty much replace it you're getting a like for like almost yeah Calvin
1: Phillips would be
0: I don't think he's as good as Rice but
1: no but he has the capabilities to fill a Declan Rice shaped hole for West Ham yep But Calvin Phillips could probably also argue that he deserves a step up as well that's bigger than West Ham. Like, no offence to West Ham, but can we guarantee that in two years they're going to still be fighting for Europe? We don't know. Calvin Phillips is I, going to want I, to be in a team that's going to consistently yeah, be fighting for Europe.
0: The thing is, where's he going to go? Because I don't think he's going to go United. He leads through and through.
1: I don't know how much the that rivalry really matters because I think Daniel James was United through and through. His dad was a diehard United fan and he's he, he tried to sign for Leeds once and then signed for Leeds again. I don't think that don't that know. matters as much I in this Calcalypse
0: case. I think philips is more of a man in of principle. I'd like to think so.
1: You'd like to think so, but I don't know. I don't think there's guarantees on that because United could do with someone like him to be fair, but they Honestly, also...
0: I'm, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I would love Declan Rice to sign for Man City Like I love Rodri I just think Declan Rice is better You think Declan Rice is better than Rodri? Yeah I do I think Declan Rice is the best holding midfielder in the world mate. <laughs> I think he is I think he is One of the few England players That walks into any squad in the world
1: Interesting I need to think about that I don't know I'm not saying you're wrong I just really need to think about that statement because that's. I know Rodri is amazing,
0: and I know I, I love him, and I know every Man City fan loves Rodri. I just think Declan Rice is like. Imag- so. Look how Declan Rice has developed under David Moyes. Imagine how he would develop under Guardiola or Klopp. That, yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna
1: say on that one. <laughs> yeah. No, you are right. I I just don't know if he.
0: Oh, he's never signed for us. Don't. You never know. No, I don't. But like, City Man we, City or Man City, they we might we, just come in. Why out. would we sign Declan Bryce when we have Rodri? It's the.
1: Oh, Man City have done weirder things, mate. I yeah. feel like any team of money have done weirder things, just because they can, really. Like I
0: mean, we are losing Fernandinho. Exactly
1: and that like despite his age that will still be a loss that will be a big loss to the team
0: just in the captaincy department as well and Declan Rice is 23 and already comfortably future England captain so
1: it's an interesting interesting saga to follow I don't know I think Man City could could swoop in for Declan Rice you know I I think that's gonna could be a possibility. I didn't really thought about it until now. Now I've started thinking about it and I'm like, oh, maybe Honestly, he's go-
0: he's gonna go like Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Liverpool, Man City, somewhere. Into Milan. Yeah,
1: he he has he's got to go somewhere big. I do agree with that. Inter Milan, AC Milan are up there too now. They're also fighting for Serie A, so it could be. I don't see him playing Thorne though. I do think that he is going I to be a Premier League player. But, yeah.
0: Should we talk about Aston Villa and then Wolves? Yes. Or Wolves, Aston Wolves then. Aston, Wolves first. We'll go Wolves. First. Okay, we'll
1: go Wolves. Hwang Hee Chan. Permanent
0: move, but he's, uh, the move's being made permanent at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, he's so he's Still technically on loan, but permanent from summer so, but they've already basically said yeah it's permanently ours. like i don't imagine rebel leipzig are just gonna like recall him now for any reason are they so no i think it's I a think really it's good move good for them. them brilliant move for Wolves. 14 million for what looks like a really exciting dynamic young-ish player yeah. i really like him i do really He's offered like him. a
0: lot to them going
1: forward I, I also just I just enjoy seeing the Asian players do well just because I love Son, and I like that because he's like talked about Huang chan and has such nice things to say about him. So uh, I'm like, well, if Son likes him, I have to like him. <laughs>
0: is he? He's Chinese, isn't
1: he? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. It's just not, I I I liked, like I like the idea. Have been
0: very, I think Wolves have been very good to watch this season.
1: They are. They're so. I've, sent- not,
0: I've not watched a ton of them, but when I have watched them, I've been very impressed.
1: They have had a bit of a problem this season with the, the scoring of goals, but they've also not conceded a whole lot. They're kind of in this weird like, middle point, and I'm expecting eventually that they're going to come well into the whole attacking front, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them try and fight for Europe again next season, because they have the ability to, just under Nuno he had run his course. And they've got a new manager now, so and yeah. He's, Bruno
0: Large is very good. Yeah, he's pretty decent. Where did he come from? Was he did he come from Real Betis, Benfica?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't have much more to say on. I just think it's a good move by them, and to make it permanent, just in case, because he, he is performing half decent. So if it could could have been risk of fighting for his, his uh, signature at the end of the season, get it done now, bitch bash bosh, innit? it? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I've just realised I thought Real Betis have been in Portuguese League my whole life. Have you? I Yeah, I've never... I thought... I'd never realised they're in La Liga. <laughs> that's quite funny. I said well, that with my chest. Yeah. <laughs> you learn
1: something new every day, yeah, man. That's it. Yeah, well, I think hey, quickly we'll cover Aston Villa. We kind of spoke about it in the last uh, podcast. Yeah. I but
0: love it. Love
1: this. Oh, I wish they got as far as... I think that there's a good chance he could come at the end of the season still. I think he will, yeah. Yeah. I really like what Steven Gerrard's doing with them. and the, my, I actually think generally for the Premier League, Aston Villa included in this, because of the signings, this window, we are in for an exciting second half of the season. I mean, Man City are running away it. Man City winning the league. That is what it is. But everything below that, we are in for some fun because. What did Stephen team...
0: Steven Gerrard moved to Aston Villa, Champions League. Or no, I said top six, didn't I? I said yeah, he did say top, top six. six. I think he ju- I think he could do top six with these signings.
1: I really do think that. You both play for Europe. Got
0: Suarez. Like just bring. Imagine bringing him on as like a impact sub last twenty minutes of the game.
1: I'd hate it. It'd be so horrifying. It'd be so. Mate, I, I, United seeing Coutinho's number come up was scary. Even though it was, it was Coutinho who's not performed well, blah blah blah. It was still scary. If Luis Suarez at any age is terrifying. Imagine his number coming up in the last twenty minutes of the game. You would shit yourself. I know.
0: I think there's a. I, I saw someone make an argument that you could say Luis Suarez is potentially the best striker ever
1: you know what could could, could be but I, th- I,
0: th- I think R9 alright guys that's everything for this week if you've enjoyed make sure you follow us on all platforms Spotify Twitter go, go subscribe over to the YouTube channel got a video like this week of me going into my favourite signings breaking down reasons why I think they're good Um, thank you very much for listening and um, look forward to hearing hearing you. <laughs> Come. On. We'll look forward to having you back again <laughs>
1: That's there <standard. laughs> then. <laughs>